Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Assistant Professor and Li Kongqian Fellow Sterling Huang from SMU's School of Accountancy holds a Master of Science and PhD in Management from INSEAD Business School. Prior to his doctoral studies, he was an auditor with PricewaterhouseCoopers Sydney and a lecturer at Macquarie University Australia. He is a Chartered Financial Analyst Charter Holder and a member of Institute of Chartered Accountants Australia. In 2018, he did a research study on board tenure and firm performance, which found that board tenure increases with firm value up to a certain threshold, beyond which the firm value will decrease with board tenure. In this podcast, Assistant Professor Sterling shares the research findings and what the relationship is between board tenure, firm value and accounting performance. Professor, you did a study on board tenure and firm performance. Can you elaborate on how you went about this research and what focus areas you zoomed into? I started this paper when I was a PhD student. It's actually part of my PhD thesis. Um, Just to give um, more background information on how I started this project, um, U.S. listed companies generally do not have any specific term limits on director services. Um, and the rationale for that is um, when you have a long-serving directors, um, they usually accumulate a lot of firm-specific knowledge and um, they're willing to share these knowledges with others and therefore improve the quality of the advices they provided to the firm. But then in recent years, some governance experts and market participants have challenged these views. So for example, in recent policy surveys by the um, institutional shareholder services, Um, 74% of investors indicated that long director tenure is problematic because boards with many long-serving directors are entrenched and indifferent to shareholder concerns. So that's how I get into these topics uh, because there are um, debate as to whether we should impose um, director tenure or uh, director term, uh, term limits or not. And we already see some actions in the in the industries. So, for example, the Council of Institutional Investors, um, which manage over um, three billion U.S. dollars in pension assets, they announced that uh, um, starting from 2013, they asked all their investees to evaluate director tenure when assessing director independence. And institutional shareholder services um, institute a similar policies in 2014s which include director tenure in their evaluations of companies' qual- uh, governance qualities. Um, outside the U.S., uh, we see a number of changes as well. Um, so there are a growing number of countries that have adopted tenure-related guidelines and restrictions on outside directors. So if you look at UKs, um, the UK Corporate Governance Code stated that a board should explain why a director who has been with firm for more than nine years still qualify as an independent directors. If you look at European, the European Commission's recommend that outside directors serve a maximum of three terms, uh, which is about 12 years. And if you're looking at Asia's in Hong Kong, an outside directors is limited to a nine-year term limits um, unless voted otherwise by shareholders. And there are changes in Singapore as well. On 16th of January this year, Corporate Governance Council in Singapore proposed a new rule that asks companies to reassess whether an independent director still qualifies as independent after nine years in the roles. 
So we've seen all these changes being implemented in the industries, but from academic point of views, the academic literatures on board effectiveness um, provide little insight into how the tenure board member affects the board monitoring and advising uh, abilities. So that's how I get started onto this project. What were your findings? Well, basically we find that, well, indeed, there are some sort of trade-off the director facings. So when you have a young board, um, they tend to be very independent, but they lack firm specific knowledge. Um, over time, they accumulate those firm specific knowledge, but they lose independence. So there is trade-off between um, knowledge accumulation and board independence. So we hypothesize that if you look at the relationship between board tenure and firm performance, there should be a nonlinear relationship. We should expect to see um, firm value to be increasing at the beginning with the um, board tenures, but only up to a certain point beyond which the firm value declines. And this is indeed what we find. Um, we find that firm value reach a maximum value at an average tenure of about 10 years. Uh, and uh, in other words, these findings suggest that for each additional year of tenure, the benefit of learning dominates for the younger board. But as time goes by, the cost of entrenchment dominates for the older board. So that's why we see a value declining uh, when board ages. Um, the finding of 10 years actually echoes various suggestions and practice done um, by the industry practitioners that you know firm and shareholders need to reassess whether an independent director is still qualified as an independent after nine years in a row. How does board tenure affect the quality of corporate decisions? Well, we look at um, relation between board tenure and different corporate decisions, such as um, investment decisions, um, financial reporting qualities, and CEO compensations. So we find that the accumulation of firm-specific knowledge is associated with improvement in the quality of acquisition decisions, um, the quality of corporate disclosures, and the CEO compensation practice. Now, uh, the result holds only up to a certain threshold. As tenure advances beyond that point, additional years are associated with a decline in board oversight qualities and an increase in value-destroying activities. In your view, what can businesses learn from these findings? Well, from shareholders' perspective, firms and shareholders need to reassess whether an independent director is still qualified as independent after nine or ten years in the roles. Now, that doesn't mean that a firm should kick out a director when he or she is with firm for ten years. So even though ten years is a quite long period. The unit of analysis in our paper is the average tenure among all outside directors, and it is the average tenure that should be monitored and shouldn't be longer than 10 years. Um, and we found that when average tenure is beyond 10 years, uh, the firm value is declining. So in other words, uh, from shareholders' perspective, a firm should really strategically and dynamically manage the board members' composition in such a way that, on average, um, the board stays vigilant and functional and represents shareholders' interest. Now, from regulators' point of view, uh, the question for them is slightly different. The question for them is whether regulators should regulate the director terms, and if so, how they should regulate it. And there are two approaches that are being done. Um, so one approach is to impose a strict director term limit. So in other words, 
we set a terms and a director can no longer sit on board once they hit the term limits. Another approach is what we call explain or comply approach. So we give you the guidance and uh, the firm either comply with the guidance or they explain why they deviate from the guidance. Personally, I would prefer the second approach because that gives firm more flexibilities in terms of the board member compositions and potentially the, the other one who understand who are the best directors to have on board uh, and who are the value destroying ones and they can manage the board composition in such a way that um, it represents the best interest of the shareholder. Thank you, Professor. Thank you.